Welcome to BetUS. I'm Flash. It's the Premier League and it's match day 27. We are live on Twitter. You'll also be able to find our videos on the BetUS official uh, YouTube channel. Now, Mark O'Hare, the award-winning owner of We Love Betting, is ably assisted by European odds compiler Mark Stinchcomb. Now, we're America's favourite sportsbook, so we're going to make sure that we try and give you the very, very best up-to-date value and prices to go with our selections. Now, there'll be no uh, subscribe and there'll be no ring the bell, but if you uh, make sure you stick close to us over the next sort of week or so, then we will be making a few amendments. First of all, let's have a little look at the records because they've been tough going in the Premier League. Liverpool go, knocking leads for six during midweek and uh, Palace scoring four away from home as well. What about Burnley beating Spurs? Flash at 6.19. Mark shouldn't be 9.1. It should be about 8.86. Uh, Stinch is doing all right. 6.88. The parlay's up. Hooray! And the total we need to eat into that. And it's been very, very tough. But this weekend, it looks like it's not getting any easier whatsoever. We've obviously got the cup final that's uh, going to take care of maybe a couple of sides. But there is teams that are hitting form and we've got to have the faith to actually go with them. So, as I said, my two experts for today are Mark O'Hare and Mark Stinchcomb. Mark Stinchcomb will be known as Stinch so that there's no confusion. Mark O'Hare, I'll come to you first. Last week was another tough weekend and even Man City failed to win. <laughs> I mean, uh, fair play if anyone was... Uh... On the Spurs train last weekend, I certainly didn't see it coming, but they were great value for the win as well at the Etihad, so hats off to them. Yeah, frustrating week. I mean, I had Southampton-Everton over two and a half goals, and Saints could have scored three or four all on, them, all on their own, really, and, and didn't, which uh, which flopped. But uh, thankfully, Leicester, the goals train continued to flow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a tough old few weeks, uh, I think, not just for me individually, but for us collectively. So, yeah, plenty of time to turn it around starting this weekend, hopefully. Yeah, and there's even games, Stinch, that we thought, OK, where were goals going to come from? And then Burnley sticking free on the road. Yeah, definitely. But I think that's just the nature of the Premier League, isn't it? I'm not going to say expect the unpredictable, but we have mentioned the fact in the past, for example, Brighton um, have, haven't always performed to their true ability. And the team like Burnley, their, their style is completely different to maybe what suits Brighton you know Brighton like to play ball on the floor and Burnley are up and at you and, and long balls um, in terms of the fixtures this week just thought it was difficult because every time I looked at a fixture it was almost as if there's a new manager and it's like that new manager's only been there for a few games and maybe there's no sort of concrete style the way they're going to play you know Lampard's got a uh, is at home to Man City you've got Eddie Howe taking his team down to uh, Brentford Roy Hodgson um, obviously got battered by Crystal Palace after having three very close games. So it's like, uh, is he expanding? Was it just unlucky because two late goals from Zaha? So it's just a lot of question marks. I think it's just a little bit safer to maybe keep the powder a little bit drier this weekend. Yeah, especially on the back of European competition. We've got teams that are involved in Champions League. We've got teams that are involved in the Europa League as well. So uh, we're going to have to really like a little minefield. We're going to have to step our uh, little toes very, very carefully. Let's kick off, though, with our first game because you would have thought after last weekend that this would be straightforward. 
but then Spurs go to Burnley, fail to score, fail to pick up anything on the road. But it's Leeds versus Tottenham. It's Leeds at plus 275. Leeds minus 115 for the draw double chance. It's Spurs at minus 105. The draw's at plus 280. And the under over is set at three. We've basically... It's a dog if we think we're going to see four goals plus 110. Marco here, give me Spurs. Leeds just cannot keep clean sheets. At least Spurs are like organised and they have a goal for it. So I think Spurs at minus 105. Is that a straight don't complicate it? Yeah, it can be. Yeah, I do like Tottenham this weekend. Uh, nine wins from 11 against the bottom half going into that match against Burnley. So they have had precedence of, of picking up results and, and performances. And I didn't think they were too bad at Turf Moor despite the defeat. But maybe that defeat is probably what was required because they're on cloud nine after last weekend against Man City. And, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Possibly fading them against Burnley midweek was the right thing to do. I certainly didn't do it. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's uh, so much to like about the performance that the Yeti had with Harry Kane. Absolutely outstanding. Son and Kulusevski playing off him brilliantly. Bentancourt showing his influence in midfield. And um, I think more importantly as well, having Dyer and Romero back in that defence as well just makes them look a lot more solid and assured. So, yeah, possibly that defeat in midweek will, will kind of bring them back down to, to earth. And I think now, you know, basically got the perfect opponents now in Leeds to play because, as you say, Leeds can't keep clean sheets. Defensively, they're all over the place in terms of expected goals. They've now conceded the worst record in the Premier League so far this season. And uh, it's been a really, really taxing week for Leeds as well. You know, last weekend, you had that emotional, physical match against Manchester United, their bitter rivals. Then midweek, they have to go to Anfield, get absolutely pummeled as well. So, you know, now they've got a really quick turnaround from Wednesday night to Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon. And uh, yeah, I mean, Leeds are, are renowned as being the fittest team in the league. But I think when you're asked to play United and then Liverpool in the space of a few days and then Tottenham, that's going to be tested. And if you look at the bench for fit or the players who filled the bench at Liverpool midweek. It's just for the kids again. Uh, they're still massively missing their, their spine of the side. And as we've said numerous times, when they do play the top teams in the Premier League, they tend to get found out uh, systematically, but also in terms of results. It's, it's nine defeats in 12 against the top half this season. They've conceded two or more goals in nine of 10 against the top eight. In terms of underlying data, they've they fared really, really poorly against the best teams as well. Uh, and also, it just comes down to price, as we always say. The uh, Spurs are, what, minus 105? Man United were here at Ellen Road last weekend and went off around minus 130-ish. So, you know, Tottenham, I don't think, are too far away from Man United right now. I expect that price to contract as we sort of get closer to Saturday. But ultimately, it's, it's just an opportunity to fade a tiring Leeds team after a really taxing week. Three clean sheets all season, five league wins, giving up 2.2 goals per game. Uh, I think Tottenham win this game and score at least two goals. So, yeah, you can back Spurs on the nose, but I, I prefer to add in over one and a half goals just eradicates the 1-0 the away win. Any Spurs victory pays out bar 1-0 and it's plus 130. Yeah, one, plus 130 is always nice because whenever you have a, a selection that starts with a plus, uh, it's an absolute winner. Leeds involved in six goals away from uh, home at Anfield, involved in six goals at home to Man United. So does a blind man say that the over three at plus 110 stinch is value or is it just Spurs win? Minus 105, and you could even go with maybe Spurs and over one and a half like Marco Hare has. Yeah, I think we could continue down the trend of Lee in Leeds' games. We've been doing both teams to score and over 2.5 goals to kind of take advantage of, a, of an extra You think Leeds score against Spurs, though? Yeah, that's the thing. That's why I'm not I'm not 100%. I mean, um, no Bamford, uh, again, um, no surprise there. And... 
I don't really associate an Antonio Conte side in sort of basketball matches, you know, from one end to the other. I think he would prefer to, them to be a bit more controlled and that's why he plays with like a back three rather than a... Uh, and then the two sort of wing backs covering round to make a five at times rather than a back four. So, yeah, I don't really want to get involved in a, in predicting it'll be a basketball-style match. I'll tell you what the numbers that stand out for me here. You look at Tottenham's total there, over 1.5 at minus 125. Flash, if they score two, do you think they win? Because if you think yeah, they win, 100%. That, that minus 125 goes to minus 105, taking them to win. And you've got one nil on your side as well. So you started off with, is it a don't complicate job? And I firmly believe it. it is just based on the on the odds. And you look at teams that have been to Leeds uh, in the top six or seven. Man United were minus 140. Arsenal were minus 175. Leeds had a lot of injuries, but they're still missing. Bamford, Phillips and Cooper, which is their spine. Liverpool were minus 150. And Leeds have lost eight, um, sorry, Leeds have lost nine of 11 against the top eight. Just a solitary win, which was that win away at West Ham. And we we mentioned at the time that West Ham are not a team to trust when they're, when they're odds on, when they're minus money. So, yeah, I firmly believe it's a don't complicate a job because of the odds. I think Spurs should be closer to, say, minus 130. Uh, they played here last season, Spurs, actually, under Ryan Mason. And Bamford was playing and Spurs were minus 110. So they were shorter last season with a weaker manager and Leeds had their best player. So, yeah, firmly believe Tottenham are the bet given the price. Yeah, and the other thing we've got to mention is the depth of squad. I mean, you look at Leeds, have got young kids on the bench. Some of them may have to come and play. Undoubted talent, these young boys, but being thrown in at the deep end and Spurs. So they've got a whole 25-man squad to, to pick from. Let's have a little look at the official picks because I think there's going to be a lot of people on the same page. Tottenham and over one and a half at plus 130. Uh, Tottenham money line at minus 105 and Spurs money line at minus 105. So two don't complicate it. And one just greed. Uh, so listen, <laughs> we don't mind. Greed is good sometimes, but he's getting like 25% more just for giving up that one nil win for Spurs. OK, let's move on, because I tell you what, I had to go digging this weekend. I thought that it was very, very tough, this Premier League card. It's Brighton versus Aston Villa. Brighton at plus 130. Um, Villa at plus 225. Villa so disappointing last week at home to Watford, picking up nothing, didn't even score. Brighton basically copy and paste. 3 0 they got beat at home to Burnley and they were beaten up. Um, draw plus 230. The under over is at two and a half. I'm thinking that the over two and a half at plus 110 is good value, Stinch, but I can't guarantee that either of these two are going to score twice. Yeah, I feel like it's two teams that are out of sorts and out of form. Two teams that I think ultimately we we would quite like to bet if they were in a better position in terms of their you know performances. They've got the players, and Brighton have certainly got the playing style as well. It's just I think you're just having to be you know take a take a chance. And you know I know we are gambling, but we, you know we're kind of gambling. Oh yeah, but there's not... gambling and there's gambling, isn't there? There's a leap of faith and there's a leap of yeah. faith. Yeah, that's you put it. You put it exactly right. That's what I'm trying to get out here. So it's difficult to trust. Um, I agree with you. We probably, we probably would like to to bet on goals. You know, Premier League isn't generally a league where teams just try and sit back and and don't score. But it's just so hard to trust either of these teams. Uh, Brighton, we know of the last probably the last two years at least, they struggle to convert the chances they create when they create them. And Villa, I think they're struggling a bit of a 
to find an identity in terms of how to how you fit in or if you do fit all of Ollie Watkins, Danny Ings, Coutinho, Buendia, can they all play in the same team? And if not, which one do you actually pick and what is the formation that suits them best? So, yeah, I think uh, this game's a massive swerve for me, to be honest. Yeah, and listen, Villa at the back, their centre-backs are like fish up trees, uh, Marco, here. I <laughs> they're so uncomfortable. <laughs> Watford last week could have been three or four up. Um I tell you what I've done. I've gone really digging, and I mean digging. I've actually gone with a draw half time here because I can't trust either of these sides to score, and also I can't I can't trust either of these sides to have the confidence to go out all out attack because they leave the back door open and they go one nil down. The game could be finished. Yeah, this is a really ugly game to try and try and unpack. To be honest, I thought it was potentially going to be quite tight and low scoring because that's the majority of Brighton's matches tend to be. That way, my, my actual projections at Brighton slightly shorter than, than their odds there, but you just can't really have any faith or trust in Brighton because they don't win matches often enough. They've only won seven Premier League games all season. Uh, obviously, a bit of a shock to the system, that reverse against Burnley last week, where I think the result was was far worse than the actual performance, but even still, a bit of a shocker to lose 3-0 at home to Burnley. And, you know, they're, they're difficult to beat Brighton, rarely ever fold, but... You know, they have to work so hard for their points. They rarely ever sort of turn that dominance into free scoring wins. And it, to me, they're just quite an easy leave in these kind of situations. Whereas Villa have really disappointed in recent weeks. And, and Steven Gerrard had things really tough in his opening few matches. And plenty of plaudits for the, his team's performance. But they haven't kicked on at all. Um, a suggestion, as Stinch was kind of alluding to, that uh, they're trying to sort of pigeonhole Coutinho into the team and and creates basically uh, uh, you know, basically the balance of the team is off and that puts further pressure on that defence and particularly those central defenders uh, who are, as you say, <laughs> fish up a tree. <laughs> Love that expression. <laughs> um, yeah, five points from seven, two clean sheets and 12 going further back. Uh, I was really unimpressed with what they did uh, offensively against Newcastle when they were chasing a game, uh, just flinging balls into a box. You know, there was not a huge amount of creation or invention there. And then obviously, as you say, up against Watford, really poor as well. Just things seem to have rocked the boat a bit there, and uh, I wonder whether the January signings, you know, have just sort of disrupted their their progress a little bit. So, yeah, happy to sort of leave both teams and actually leave the whole game alone. But uh, in fairness to of all the suggestions, I think that the halftime draw is is a big run out. I think it was it's always the case when Brighton are involved, at least. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it, and it's an embarrassment of riches for the visitors. But you've got Ings and Watkins; they're two international strikers. Play them. Play them. Forget about your Buendia, your Douglas Luiz, your McGinn's. All of them players are luxuries. You have to basically go around the front two. They're the ones that are going to score your goals. They need to be playing in a partnership because neither of them want to be leading the line on their own. So, I mean, it's tough decisions for the manager, but that's why he's getting paid the big bucks. Um, let's have a little look at the official picks because I tell you what, I did have to go digging. It's draw half time plus 105. Uh, happy for nil nil. Don't expect it to be 1 1. Um, get me money at half time and then do a runner that this whole card in the Premier League this weekend was nothing short of hieroglyphic. I just, honestly, I could not make head nor tail of it. Nothing jumped out, really, other than Spurs' visit to Leeds. So let's move on to the third game, because I think all three of us, again, are um, have pinpointed this game. And it's West Ham versus Wolves. West Ham at plus 110. Wolves at plus 275. Wolves at minus 130. Draw double chance, which I think is uh, is generous. Over two goals in the game, I think it's generous. Uh, but you've got to juice it at minus 145. The draw is at plus 230. 
Uh, I tell you what, I'm going to come to you first, Marco, here, because I don't know what I'm going to get from West Ham at the moment. And Wolves, they they can talk a glass eye to sleep. So, again, <laughs> maybe I'm expecting very, very tight first half. Wolves make the adjustments. And I'd be want to be Wolves double chance at minus 130, near enough over anything else on this page. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I'm fully in the Wolves camp in this match. Um just feels like a, a great opportunity to oppose West Ham at a reasonably short price. Uh, I know Wolves are playing Thursday night and that will disrupt their their rest, their preparation. Um, but bar that, I'm not seeing a huge amount of negativity here coming into this match because anyone who watched West Ham's match with Newcastle last week at the London Stadium would have probably said they were second best in that game. And that yeah. was a Newcastle team without sort of key attacking influences in Sam Maximan and Wilson. Um, and ultimately, West Ham have failed to win less than half of their home matches in the Premier League this season, six from 13. They've conceded two or more goals in seven of those 13 as well. And this kind of malaise has been in place for, for quite some time now. Um, since November's international break, their, their form has been really patchy. Five wins, two draws, six defeats. Uh, and of the six clean sheets they've kept across the whole season, four of them came against the bottom five as well. So if you're giving away goals against quality opposition, you're putting extra pressure on your forward line to, to function. And at the moment, it feels like Jared Bowen or nothing else because... Yeah, Mikel Antonio's had his injury struggles, been away of international duty, but he looks really tired. Um, he looks out of form, he looks out of sorts, and it's all basically relying on Jared Bowen. And you're coming up against one of the best defensive teams in, in Wolves. And I know Jose Sars overperformed in, in that regard between the sticks for Wolves, but ultimately they've been getting results for quite some time now. You know, they started the season with those three defeats. Since then, it's five defeats in 21 beaten only three times on their travels. If you look at their points per game ratio away from home, it's not far off Liverpool and Chelsea records and no team has conceded fewer goals on the road from Wolves either. So, you know, their away record is, is really sort of stands up as well. Since the start of December, narrowly lost 1-0 at Man City. They've won at Man United, Spurs, Brentford and Brighton. So I don't see anything in this West Ham team to, to scare them. And I feel like the prices are being based on, on the season as a whole rather than current form, which, you know, Wolves come into this match in, in much better health. I love the way that Wolves probe. They, they, they almost like they, they spend 45 minutes of the game stinch of actually trying to work out where your weakness is. And then second half, they come out, exploit, and maybe eight times out of ten, they will go away with the three points and they keep a clean sheet. Yeah, I think that kind of feels like the blueprint of a, of a highly educated foreign manager such as Bruno Lager, rather than the hustle and the bustle, end-to-end -end basketball of a typical Premier League game. Is more like a European game, I think, Wolves try and play. And, and it makes sense because if you can control the game, you're deciding ultimately where the sort of big chances are coming. And if you can take one or two of these big chances, low-scoring game such as football can make a huge difference. So, yeah, a lot of plaudits. I think we've been praising Wolves all season, haven't we? Because they had those three 1-0 defeats at the beginning of the season. And I think people that just look at league table were saying, oh, you know, how bad are Wolves and, and such. But if you'd watch the games, you could see they probably deserve not to lose any of those, to be honest. So, yeah, I fully agree that I think Wolves getting Wolves on side is a good way to go. The, the bet I've got written down, actually, as well, though, is kind of carrying on from last week, because last week we bet on over 2.25 goals in Wolves v Leicester. So it's quite good to see um, it was 1-1 at half-time, and then I kind of felt as though we were sort of free-rolling for the, the second half, just waiting, hopefully, to get another goal. And if we didn't, at least we'd get half our money back. So it's good to see that that one copped. And... You know, as I say, we backed the goal line there at 2.25 because it was Leicester. 
So that's why it's probably inflated. But West Ham are still very good for, for goals. Their games are averaging over three goals per game this season. And, and the underlying numbers also justify that as well. So very happy to, to jump on board with it, to be honest. I mean, the Premier League's averaging 2.81 goals per game this season. And if you use that as your sort of blanket figure for your prices, the over two zero goals would be minus 220. So the fact that we're getting minus 145, I think, on over two goals, it looks worth a go to me. I kind of don't want to be too casual about it, but it does, again, I feel like it is a bit of a free hit. You know, it only needs two goals just to get our stake back. So it's zero or one to see the bet lose. Um, and it mentioned, you know, about the fact that West Ham games have seen a lot of goals. 13 of the last 17 have, have seen at least two or more and 11 of 13 at home. So I'm happy to jump on with that. Also, maybe wondering, perhaps if we're in agreement that uh, Wolves' double chance is the way to go, maybe we could put it in a, a parlay with Spurs? Yeah, could do. I mean, I think we're forcing it a little bit. I mean, I've actually, if you have a little look at the official picks, um, I think we've found the right ways to go, to be honest, because uh, Marco here has gone with basically double chance with Wolves at minus 130. I've gone with draw half time at plus 110. I think it's going to be very tight and West Ham will not want to go behind to a Wolves side that once they get their nose in front, they often do not leave the points behind. And you've gone with over two goals at minus 145. Um, maybe Wolves double chance and over two. I mean, again, there's, there's many permutations. But we all want to be with the uh, away side. I just feel this is going to be a very, very tough first half. Now, it says on the right-hand side of the screen, a Q&A. I have no idea what if anyone's writing or if there's in chat because I've not used this system. And Stinch, Mark O'Hare, have you, can you see any chat? No. No, nothing here. OK, no questions. That's good. OK, so make sure that you uh, join us next week when we'll have a Brian new shiny uh, shows. Um, and then I've got I'm going to do an FA Cup show, I think, on my own on Monday, because for the first time in my lifetime, the uh, FA Cup is going to be happening on midweek. So let's have a little look at all the official picks or best bets, because there's only uh, three games. Um, I think we found some good value, though. The Brighton draw uh, plus money. West Ham draw at half-time plus money. Spurs and over 1.5 at plus 130 is the biggest and probably best one we're going to see. Just do not want that 1-0 away win. Um, but Spurs money line borders on a banker. So from everyone at BetUS, from Stinch and from Mark O'Hare, be sure to join us again next week. Make sure you're following us on Twitter for any updates. And we'll see you all soon. May all your bets be winners. You take care.